0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast, and I am your host, John Puma, over at the Sake Notes. Also, the administrator at the internet, Sake Discord. You should go there right now, right now, and join us.
1: And I am your host, Timothy Sullivan. I'm a sake samurai, sake educator, as well as the founder of the Urban Sake website, and every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. So Hi, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. But, That's nice. you know, That's nice. I've been a little tired, and mm-hmm. I really feel like I need a vacation. Do you, do you even remember your last vacation?
0: I, I can't. Well, I, I do. Um, I, you know, when, when, when was the last time you went on vacation? i think it was
1: thanksgiving uh-huh. i went to nantucket and it was okay. freezing cold
0: <laughs>
1: it couldn't have Sorry. been more off season so it wasn't <laughs> what i would consider like i i think of more tropical breezes when i think of vacation
0: well sir uh i around the same time it's so mid-november i went down to hawaii
1: oh is it
0: over to hawaii it's over and down <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, unlike your trip to Nantucket, the weather was beautiful oh It was God. wonderful Rub really, it in, really rub it in <laughs> Great time um, But yeah, it was a really quiet, uh, relaxing time I think we talked about it a little bit yeah. when I got back But what, what but, made you
1: pick Hawaii? Like, why did you go there? It's really far away
0: Well, you know, I can't go to Japan, Tim <laughs> That makes sense, <laughs> so yeah I went as far as I could <laughs> in that direction <laughs> and just said, "All right, this is as far as I can go. I'm going to stop there." As close as you can uh, get. That's <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, we went there for a couple of reasons. One, you know, we felt that like we never did a tropical thing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, obviously, we can't go to Japan. Um, and three, the island of Oahu has a very strong Japanese presence, or so we were told. And then when we got yes. there; it turned out to be very true. Yep. And so we got to experience a lot of Japanese culture while experiencing a tropical vacation while still being in the United States. It was a little, a little surreal in a lot of ways. It was a lot of fun though.
1: I've only been to Hawaii one time I went for work. And the thing Mm -hmm. that I took away from my trip to Hawaii is that all those things about Hawaiian culture, like the music and wearing Hawaiian shirts and all that stuff. I thought maybe it's like a little bit just in the movies and it's not really like that when you get there, (laughs) but no, like I got into a cab to go from the airport to my hotel and my cab driver was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and playing Hawaiian music, and I'm like, "Wow, it's really like this here." So it was it was a pleasant culture shock for me.
0: Nice. Now, did you did you go native and 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 wear a Hawaiian shirt? I like didn't you? no?
1: I didn't have the gumption to do that.
0: Uh, well, I did. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, I, and it wasn't like it wasn't like I was like I'm dying to wear Hawaiian shirts. It's just that. That, that, that my wife was dying to see me wear Hawaiian shirts. She bought me like six. <laughs> well, there you and go. So, <laughs> so, I, so I did wear the Hawaiian shirt down there. It was honestly, you put on that shirt. You kind of relax. Yeah, it happened. I, you can't help it. You you automatically, your stress levels reduce. Uh, it's like a, you got a buff. It's very nice. And yeah, like I mentioned that we did have a lot of sake while we were there which was mm. a very refreshing uh idea to be in a tropical place and that and having a lot of sake and one of the things we did was we visited the local sake brewery oh yeah it was nice to it was nice to find out that there was a local sake brewery uh, over in hawaii and this place um islander sake actually opened up Kind of during the pandemic, not not the best time, I want to say, to open up your your sake brewery, but they did. They opened up in uh, in March of 2020. So, oh my gosh, just when the going oh. was getting good. <laughs> oh my gosh, like yeah, I think that's when we were about like shutting things down in New York. <laughs> um, so you might you're immediately you're like, oh my god, this business opened up at the very beginning of the pandemic. You know, that's going to be terrible for them. I hope they can survive. And they they did survive and they thrive. They did really, really well. It's a very, very small establishment, a very small Hmm. uh, place. And, you know, looking around only takes a few minutes. And then we sat down with the owner, who is also the toji, who is also the cook for their on-site omakase. And she brought us through. The, uh, the different sakes that she makes over there. Her name is uh, Chiaki Takahashi. And as I mentioned, owner, Toji, cook. Wow. Also, doctor. <laughs> she is a doctor. She has a PhD in medical science. Wow. Yeah. That She's like a renaissance woman. It's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she actually started as a medical researcher to be like getting into... Um, Researching stress induced diseases.
1: I think I got one of those.
0: No. <laughs> That's, That's why you need to go on vacation. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And so, and the story goes that, that one day she was very tired and stressed. She drank some sake to escape her own stress. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sounds familiar. And was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going to change my job from stress disease to liquor research.
1: Oh my god! I love this woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so she became a researcher for the National Research Institute of Brewing in Hiroshima. Oh
1: my god, that's amazing!
0: Yeah, she did that for four years, and then took a you know, and then during that time, like, kind of went to uh, went to Hawaii a bunch and kind of fell in love with Hawaii,
1: as one does. And
0: just like I'm gonna, yeah, and and came over here and opened a sake brewery, and wow, yeah, now. Uh, My understanding, and I'm I'm a little less knowledgeable about this, my understanding is that this was not the first sake brewery that's ever existed in Hawaii.
1: Well, I I know a little bit about the history of sake in Hawaii, and it is much longer than you would think. Uh. Oh. No no one, I I don't know if that's exactly determined where the very first sake brewery was on U.S. soil. Uh. Some people say California, but we know the first sake brewery in Hawaii was the Honolulu Sake Brewery, mm-hmm. which opened in 1908
0: and closed. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> you did 1908. 1908. Wow. And closed 81 years later in
0: 1989. Oh wow! Yeah. Look at you! Look at you the dropping these, uh, <laughs> dropping this this knowledge. All right.
1: So the Amazing thing about Honolulu Sake Brewery was that it survived not only Prohibition, but also the Japanese internments of World War II. Mm.
0: And the, the,
1: the federal government outlawed sake brewing in Hawaii in December 1941, so like three weeks after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So that put the kibosh on sake making. And I read that this sake brewery survived by making soy sauce. Soy sauce. I guess that's that's one
0: way to do it. Yeah.
1: And another thing is they pioneered cold sake brewing because of the tropical conditions in Hawaii. Back Mm. in the early 1900s, they needed to find a way to keep the fermentations going. So it's a really interesting company. And the brand that they had for all those years was Takara Masamune.
0: Takara Masamune. That's a very Japanese sounding brand. I think there were a lot of
1: Japanese people working in Hawaii Mm. and there was demand for sake through the people who left Japan, came to Hawaii to work in the sugarcane fields and things like that. And uh, Takara Masamune was produced locally and f- popular for quite a while, but it did close down completely in 1989.
0: And mm.
1: until Islander came along, there was no sake being brewed in Hawaii.
0: Huh. So uh, so they, they went under in 1989. They just missed like the sake boom. By like, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple of more, like ten, fifteen more years, and they would have been like, you know, in, in the heart of when when sake started heating up in in, in America, um, America. Yeah. But I'm glad that Islander came along and picked up the uh, picked up the baton, as it were. Yeah.
1: That's so you nice. said it was a very small brewery, right?
0: Yes, it was very very small. Um, it is probably the second smallest brewery I have ever been to. Wow. The first being Kato Sake Works in Bushwick. <laughs> We had uh, Shinobu Kato on the show, and he, can, he talked about how tiny the brewery is. But, but he's, he's moving to a larger facility. Kato's and, getting an upgrade. And, yeah, Kato's getting an upgrade, and Islander is getting an upgrade as well. So, you know, I like these, like, breweries that come along, and they prove themselves out making this, like, you know, really small batch, small facility uh, setup. And then when the business is supporting them, they grow and 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 produce more sake. I think that's I think it's a really good way to do it. Good business sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if I understand correctly, they opened the Islander brewery in Oahu. Right. And then it is closed right now and they're building a new brewery on the big
0: island. That's right. Right. Okay. But they did open up a restaurant oh. in Oahu to kind of Maintain a presence in okay. their, you know, the home island, you know, where this whole thing began. Um, and so it's a restaurant called uh, uh, Hanale. And oh. it's a – so Islander became really well-known for their food. Like really? their omakase was really very popular. And it was really hard to book a reservation mm-hmm. to to get there because it was very, very, very popular. And people would, would go there, um, and uh, and enjoy the food, and, and it was a sake pairing with the, with the food, and so Hanale is a way for them to maintain that business in, Oahu, and keep their stake in the ground as like this is where we started. Wow. Yeah.
1: And that's like a sushi right. place.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, wow. The it's a it's an omakase sushi place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they are moving over and uh, to a, to a larger facility, and uh, I think that on the Big Island, like also, it's easier to get larger facility over there, mm. less expensive.
1: Well, I do have to ask you: if you went to the brewery, you went to the tap room, did you get to try the sake? What was your impression?
0: Um, I really, really liked it. So. One thing that separates Islander from a lot of other breweries, one particular bottle specifically, Mm -hmm. is that they were getting rice from Japan. Oh,
1: that is not common.
0: No, no. it's Usually it's pretty cost prohibitive to ship rice over. But they were shipping uh, rice from Hokkaido, uh, Kita Shizuku rice, which is kind of the third... Hokkaido rice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, uh, bred to survive very cold conditions, so I mean, naturally they ship it to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she also had uh, she also had calrose that she was using. Okay. She had uh, California Yamanashiki. and she did not have it at the time. But in the past, she had done omachi from Okayama.
1: Well, you know. If you think about where Hawaii is situated, they're not growing sake rice there now. So if you ship no. it from California <laughs> or you ship it from Hokkaido, it's kind of it's almost kind equidistant. equidistant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. So we, we did taste through um, the whole lineup of what she had at the time. Mm-hmm. Most of it was uh, Jinmai Ginjo, Jinmai jimai Daginjo, okay. uh, she also had a couple of like fruit infused sakes I think we only we tasted one of the fruit infused sakes the pineapple oh yeah uh, that was uh that was nice it was a little little funky
1: well um that yeah. that is kind of I think what you would expect from a Hawaii <laughs> yeah. if you said Hawaii fruit infused question mark, I would say, hmm, could it be pineapple
0: could it be maybe. <laughs> And the fun part is, and we talk about this on the show a lot, is that oftentimes when a sake brewery in Japan does a fruit-infused sake, Mm -hmm. they're using, like, the local prefecture fruit. (laughs) Yes. It really makes sense that she's using the pineapple from Hawaii, which is, you know. I think if there's any fruit that they're known for, (laughs) that's going to be it. Uh, Wow. Yeah. And so we did. Uh, after we were done with our tasting, we did leave there with a few bottles. Ooh! And uh, and uh, Tim, if you uh, if you go ahead and uh, open up your open up your little fridge there.
1: Mm-hmm. Aha! Ooh. Yeah. A sample.
0: Yes. Yes. I brought back the uh, kita shizuku uh, junmai ginjo for us to taste and talk about.
1: So this is hand carried from John Puma. Yes,
0: this was, I put this in my luggage, <laughs> in my hand and brought it all the wow. way back. And it's been in the refrigerator since then.
1: Wow. This is a special treat. Thank you so much for doing that. And do you want pleasure? Do you want to give us the stats for this, uh, Kita Shizuku Junmai Ginjo?
0: Certainly. So as I mentioned, this is the Islander Sake Kita Shizuku Junmai Ginjo. The rice of course is a uh, Kita Shizuku, Uh, Kita Shizuku, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, the third Hokkaido rice, and it is actually um, a crossbreed of uh, Omachi and um, Hoshino Yume, which Mm. is then crossbred with Gimpu, which is another Hokkaido rice. Oh my god! So it's kind of a can't keep it straight. Yeah, take these two and you make one, and then you take the other one, you mix them, and and then you get this one, this Kita Shizuku, and. It is uh, the, the notes on it generally say that it's it's kind of, uh, it makes a large shimpaku, which is always okay. a desire of, yep. a, of, a, of a sake rice maker, and very low, uh, quote unquote, contaminants. So it leads mm. to a, a very clean flavor. And the polishing ratio of that Kita Shizuku is
1: 60%. Sounds good to me. Uh,
0: yeah. I don't know exactly what yeast she used on this one, mm-hmm. but she generally uses number seven and number nine. Okay. So it'd be probably one of those two. The alcohol content of the sake is 15 and a half. The acidity is 2.6, which is, ooh, that's high. And, high. But, 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 but wait, there's more. The, the sake meter value, that gauge of dry to sweet based on the density of the liquid when compared to water is minus seven, to, mm. And I think we talk about when you, when you, Get farther away from zero, things get a little more interesting. Yeah. Things get a little more impactful. And I think that combined with the 2.6 of the acidity is going to be an interesting, interesting sake. She does not do charcoal filtration, so this is a maroka. And uh, this is also a nama. So it was very important I've kept this cold. Okay, so Tim, if you would be so kind as to grab your sample, I got it. All right. Get mine opened up. So Islander uses these very thin, very tall bottles. They remind me a little bit of like Riesling bottles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. And they have these like the 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 cork is actually a piece of glass with like a rubber a rubberized interior, and it's it's very yeah, kind of fancy looking. I like that. <laughs>
1: mm. Sounds like a very unique bottle. Well, we'll have a picture of that in the show notes for sure.
0: Absolutely. And we, we've also got a picture of me in front of the brewery. Uh, I am not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Sorry, everybody. Oh. Yeah. But I am wearing shorts, which is a rare treat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure um, the
1: traffic to the website is going to spike. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Forget it. You have to wear the pay extra for this one. <laughs> All right. So we've got that in the glass. Uh Tim, you want to hold it up? It looks, you know, this is Muroka, so it is not completely transparent, right?
1: Yeah. There's there's a very fine haze in here, and it has just yeah. a hint of a yellowish color, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it does. Yeah. Hmm. What you thinking?
1: Well, it smells fruity. Mm-hmm. And it smells like something that's going to have a high acidity, like it smells like an acidic fruit.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's just my response to all our talk about pineapple before, but <laughs> it smells a little bit like pineapple to me—a
0: tiny bit. There's a like, there is there is some tropical fruit. Tropical fruit definitely, right? you know, pineapple is being favored in that tropical fruit profile. I think me, it's <laughs> maybe that was a goal of hers. Mm. I'm putting this together.
1: And I'm also smelling a little bit of, like, banana peel, a little bit of banana aroma. Yeah. Right?
0: Mm, yes, definitely. And there's something else in there. I think just like you mentioned the banana the banana peel, I'm getting like a little more whole cloth banana. Mm. <laughs> mm, all right. Well, let's have a sip.
1: All right. Hmm. So does this taste like what you remember from the taproom?
0: I feel like the acidity is a touch higher than it was when I originally got it. Um, You know, bear in mind that, so this is a Nama. Mm -hmm. And despite my best efforts, time is still uh, still our enemy. And I did purchase this back in November. Mm. And I do think the acidity is a touch higher. But a lot of the personality of the sake that I remember is still... Uh, is still what I'm tasting right now.
1: I agree with you that the acidity is really prominent. Like that 2.6, you can really taste that coming through.
0: Yes. And if I do let it linger on my palate, kind of like when, if, when you first put it in your mouth, you get that acidity hit. If you let it linger, the fruit really starts to come through. It's it's kind of like hiding behind the acidity right now. Yeah. And that that's a lot more what this sake tasted like a while back.
1: hmm yeah. Now that I'm studying it a little bit, I really feel like the the fruits feel concentrated. And I'm thinking of, you know, when you get a, a thing of canned pineapple and there's that syrup in there, like yes. that syrup that comes with canned pineapple, it's s- uh, sweet and rich and full. And when mm-hmm. this kind of, I let this linger on my palate, I get that pineappley syrup kind of taste. Yeah. But the acidity is high, right. So it doesn't taste overly sweet.
0: Yeah. And I think like 2 point six and then you know, minus seven is a very interesting combination hmm. uh, a little bit a little bit more uh, a little bit funky or crazy style, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, though, this was not Michelle's favorite one of the sakes we tasted. Oh. Hers was the. Yamada Nishiki Junmai Daikinjo, which you'd think would be mine, right? right? <laughs> you would think that that would be the one that I fell in love with, but uh, I actually really enjoyed this one the most. And, mm. you know, I like that. I like that little acidity spike, and I really like the, the that concentrated fruit with that mm. richness that you talked about. Yeah. It's really nice. I like the sip on this, and yeah. uh, I think this goes really well with food as well. It's really nice stuff. Yeah. You know what this makes me think about is really
1: terroir in sake. We've talked about Mm. this a few times on the show, like the sense of place in -hmm. the sake. Can you taste, is this representative of where it comes from through the taste? And I think this is an interesting example to kind of bring up that discussion again. If you know it comes from Hawaii, and I'm kind of picturing myself on the beach (laughs) (laughs) in my Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) relaxing with a wine glass of this, watching the sunset and seeing the palm trees sway, you know, you really get a sense of how this puzzle piece fits into that scene. Like this tastes like it could come from the Hawaii you described. It's, it really has that sense to it. Am I crazy?
0: Probably not. Um, And the (laughs) funny thing is that like the, in, in Oahu, at least Mai ties are mm. like water. They're mm. <laughs> very easy to get. And so you're exposed to high acidity drinks uh. constantly. <laughs> mm. And this kind of comes in a little subtle in comparison.
1: Oh, wow.
0: When you think about, think about a Mai Tai, it's really intense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that might have also been influencing me uh, a little bit. Uh, but you know, I do really like their sake. I really like what they're doing. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm when I taste it, I'm I'm I immediately wonder where it's from, and I think what prefecture is it from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's very. Uh, I think that's I think that's nice when something come along and make sake on U.S. soil that you can easily mistake for Japanese sake.
1: I I do think that question of sense of place. And that makes me think about like the stuff that's being made in Brooklyn yeah, and how that reflects what we might eat it with, where we might be drinking it, the water it's made with. And I can imagine the folks at Islander are just immersed in their environment, their water, their food culture. And even though they've come from Japan, they're in Hawaii because they fell in love with that environment and they're crafting a sake that fits that really well. So it's interesting to taste this. And uh, do you know if they're distributing outside of Hawaii right now?
0: Um, they are working on it. My understanding it. is that they have a, a working relationship with World Sake Imports, okay. who are based in Oahu. Yeah. And um, I know that they had brought up uh, some things to New York to show around to the stores and restaurants here, but I don't know if the actual uh, the actual distribution has begun as of yet. Okay. So TBD. TBD. Yeah. Or or perhaps coming soon.
1: But I think if you live in Hawaii, you can get this probably at the tap room or you could probably get this online pretty easily. You can get this
0: at local liquor stores. Okay. In, at some local liquor stores in Hawaii. and uh, Usually they sell it at uh, the sake shop in Oahu as oh, yeah. well. So definitely... For all of your sake needs in Oahu, please stop at the sake shop. It's wonderful. Yes. Um, need to need yeah. to get need to get Nadine a little a little shout out, um, and yeah, there are some other. I think they, they, they do sell them in a couple of other shops in the vicinity.
1: That's great! Wow. Well, yeah, John, I do have to say thank you because this drinking this Islander sake has been like a mini vacation in a glass. <laughs> I didn't get the mai tai. I didn't get the beach, mm. but. This is pretty darn close in my book. Thank you for bringing this from Hawaii for us to taste. It was a real treat.
0: Oh No problem. My pleasure. I love sharing uh, fun sake with people and specifically with you. So uh, this was a lot of, yeah, this is great to, to do. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing about this Hawaii sake and hopefully we'll be seeing more of it in the future. Yeah. And I do want to thank our listeners so much for tuning in. We really do hope that you're enjoying our show. If you would like to show your support for Sake Revolution, the best way you can support us now is to join our community on Patreon. We're a listener-supported show, and all the support we receive from our patrons goes to helping us host, edit, and produce a podcast for you each and every week.
0: If you would like to learn more about our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash sake revolution, or you can go to our site, sakerevolution.com. Com. But you don't have to stop there. There are other ways to support our show, such as leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. That gets the word out about the show. It really gets this show into more ears, which is kind of the secret sauce to doing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can also do it more directly. Just tell your friends, tell your family, tell them, you know, maybe they should go to Hawaii on vacation, and that there's also a sake brewery there.
1: And as always, if you would like to learn more about the topics or the individual sakes that we tasted on this or any of our episodes, be sure to visit our website, sakerevolution.com, for the show notes and a written transcript for each and every episode.
0: And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, we have uh, prepared a few options for you. You can do the old-fashioned way and email us at feedback at sakerevolution.com, or you can DM us on social media. That would be Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, on Instagram, we are a Sake Revolution Pod. Everywhere else, we are just Sake Revolution. So, until next time, please grab a glass. Raise your my Tai. I mean, raise your sake. Uh, please remember to keep drinking sake and come by.